This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. It's Friday. That means it's Freestyle Friday, and I am Glenn DeGeek from Ocala, Florida. And I am Lisa Wysocki from Ashland City, Tennessee, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for March 19th. This is episode 2644. This episode is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, Horse World. I'm playing this opener because this is how I feel. I can't take it anymore! Thank God it's Friday! I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Work all week so that we can eat and own a little piece of God's ground. Pushing papers and pens, red tape never ends. The stress can turn a smile into a frown. I need some hosing around. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. Uh, It's so funny because, you know, some days you're just up and then there's Fridays sometimes. And Lisa and I, Lisa was whining about all the things she's been denied in the last week or two. And it was just one of those pre-show meetings where I think we just totally bummed ourselves out. But There you go. (laughs) But we're here. We're going to have a little fun today. We have some serious stuff to talk about first, though. Uh, But later on in the show, uh, we have a... A girl named Wild Williams coming on, and she hikes with burrows. She does long-distance hiking with burrows. She calls it Burrow Cross. She's going to talk to us about that. Uh, we're going to review the latest plans for the 2021 HRN Roadshow. That include Lisa. Yay! Yay. And the 2022 Horse Lovers Cruise. I have an update on that. We have some really bad ads. And I'm also going to go over... How did we start measuring horses by hands, using hands, and and how did that come about? And I have some a surprising thing I learned when I was researching that. So, uh, and then we're I, I have a serious discussion I want to have with Lisa in the post show too, with for the auditors. So we'll talk about that after. But first, before we get to uh, get to the fun stuff in the show today, we had some really bad news in the horse world yesterday. Uh, Pat Pirelli's parents, um, Doris and Jack Pirelli, died in a horrific car accident here on Wednesday. It was Wednesday in Ocala. It was on my side of town, actually, a couple miles from where I live. It was, it was, it's really it, about a mile from the World Equestrian Center. That is so sad. They were pulling, um, and this even makes it sadder. I mean, it was a bad accident, but uh, yeah. what makes it sadder is they were going to see Pat for his birthday. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, how horrible. Um, you know Pat, right? I've met him yeah. a couple times, but I don't know him. You know. Well, I, I know Pat and Linda not well, uh, but we bump into each other, you know, when there used to be such things as horse fairs <laughs> and festivals <laughs> and events, you know, and um, uh, wonderful people. And I never met Jack and Doris, but I can only imagine what they're, what, you know, Pat and Linda are thinking right now. I mean, to lose both parents at once in that manner has to be just, beyond concept. I can't even imagine. 
Yeah, uh, you know, we give our best, obviously, to the whole family and whole Pirelli uh, family. There's a lot of them around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it's just got that. I just can't even imagine it. So, yeah. um, you know, we're we're thinking about those guys. And for some reason, this side of Ocala in the last two months, we've had a lot of fatalities and car accidents. And I, I, don't, I don't know why. Uh, you know, it's not like weather. I, it's not weather related. It's just, I don't know. But anyway. It's yeah, I I think you know people are just distracted and and they're texting and they have COVID brain and I don't know, but I I think accidents are up all over. Yeah, it's it's bad. So pay attention out there. Don't text and drive. I don't know if they. I don't think that's what they were doing. But no, you know, I'm just saying. Probably not. You shouldn't text and drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I have the EHV one update. We've been doing every day here. Uh, nearly four thousand top level sport horses are now in isolation and have been blocked from competition in Europe. Wow. They must return a negative test for the virus before they're cleared for competition after a two-week quarantine. The FEI veterinary director, whose name I couldn't pronounce, so I'm not even going to try, uh, <laughs> said EHV1 is endemic in many countries. The current outbreak of its neurological form is worse than they've seen in decades. He said it has tested biosecurity processes and resilience across Europe. Uh, the decision of the FEI to have competition lockdown was not taken lightly, but it's grateful the support they received from the equestrian community, um, and that's going to go till April the 11th. But four thousand horses under isolation and quarantine. Right now. That's a lot of horses. I mean, yeah. no way to look at it, but it's a lot of horses. It's a lot of, ho- and those are the expensive ones because yes, <laughs> you know, yes, we're talking competition <laughs> horses here, some million dollars yeah. or more. Well, uh, but hopefully not all. It, it, not all of them have it. Is that correct? No, that's it's correct. They're just they they met a horse who did. So yes. then they have to be quarantined or, you know, they met a horse who met a horse who did, you know, it's right. one of those. It's what we were trying to do with COVID at the beginning. Exactly. Of the up. <laughs> so um, the British Equestrian is working with the Equine Infectious Disease Action Group, and that's its member body to help mitigate the spread of EHV from Europe. Show jumpers, eventers, and dressage horses returning from Two Britain from the Iberian Peninsula have been identified and traced with strict quarantine imposed and comprehensive protocols in place for biosecurity and testing. It's amazing we could do this with animals and we couldn't do it with people at the beginning. You know, I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but I was when just you thinking... lock the animal up, they don't get up and just go to the store. Well, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Yeah. But they're doing a better job with, with the horses than we did with people. <laughs> That's true. Horses can't get a, you know, they don't have a mind of their own and say, ah, screw that. I'm doing it anyway. So Exactly. So exactly. we do have that going for us. But, well, and they just don't get just fed up and just say, I just can't take it anymore. That's right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, they do, but they can't do anything about it. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. I think my pony said that a few times. <laughs> uh, Venturing Hills Equestrian Farm in Quebec. That's a uh, place. Place where they had an outbreak also uh, lost another horse or uh, actually no they didn't lose another horse they had one horse they believed to be recovered and it spiked a new high temperature and now is fighting for its life so it had they thought recovered and then it came back so they're still dealing with that up in Quebec as well um, and have lockdowns Canada's locked down anyway so uh, not many people going or animals going to and from Canada at this point anyway for COVID no, reasons but, no but, but you know you that's know, a lot closer it, than, than Europe is in a way, you know, with this outbreak, it was kind of good that everything was semi-locked down in Europe and here because it did decrease the spread of the EHV-1 outbreak. Yes. You know, because horses weren't traveling quite as much as freely. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, in a way, that's good. 
Um, yeah, and you know, I uh, I was on the phone the other day or FaceTime the other day with a, a young lady I might be doing a, a co-authoring book with, and she was in Germany, and she said that they're really still locked down there in Germany and Italy, and portions of Europe are much more locked down than we are here. So you're right, there there's very little less chance of spread than there would be here. And Paris just closed for another month. Oh, they did. Yep, yesterday. They just Holy cow. closed up for another month. Now, it uh, I have good news on the COVID front and I know you do too. You got your first vaccine, right? Yes, yesterday. Yay. Good for you. Yesterday. Yeah, I uh, I have asthma, so I qualified in Tennessee for the the 1C group and um Never was so happy to have asthma in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have it too, but that didn't qualify me in Florida. I should have went to Tennessee to visit you. <laughs> you should have. Come on up. <laughs> I did just find out that uh, the governor's lowering to age 50 here in Florida starting Monday. So then we can oh, awesome. we can try and fight for a spot. Uh, that's so, awesome. So we'll start the fight on Monday, but at least we'll, we'll be qualified, thing. right? Yeah, yeah, because it took me a couple of weeks to, to get a to get a slot and you just have to be diligent. You just have to be on. You have to sign up everywhere is what I've been. Everywhere. And just a couple times a day, be, be looking for those slots and you can choose your vaccine too. I think within certain reason you can kind of, at this point I'll take whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's, yeah. I'm not going to be picky. So we're happy. I was happy about that. It was good news we got today. All right, let's do daily weenies. We have a guest coming up here. We have a lot of birthdays today with the auditors. First of all, a very special happy birthday to Kelly Gross, who's one of our terrific auditors, been for a long time, because she has a birthday today. But two days ago, she gave birth to Alex John Gross, a uh, little baby boy. So congratulations to her. If only that baby had waited two more days, you could have had the same birthday. But Wouldn't that be fun? They didn't. Little, little Alex was in a hurry to come out, so... And so congratulations to her and her husband and the whole family. Yeah, the St. Patrick's Day birthday. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Atkins has a birthday. Kim Trask, Allison Marie, Andrea Day, and Joyce McKinney all have birthdays as well. So happy birthday to all of you. Uh, we hope you have a fantastic day. Well, I have two daily whinnies, and they just both happen to be birthdays as well. Um, my little Jack Russell Chihuahua mix dog, Abby, is going to be 15 next Tuesday. So she can still run faster than I can, which <laughs> isn't actually saying a whole lot. <laughs> but but she's going to be 15, and on March 30th, and she'll kill me for saying this, but my mom is going to be 98. Wow. Yeah. I guess she qualified for a vaccine, huh? She did, and she's had hers. <laughs> first. She was first in line. <laughs> she was first in line. You know, she's still in her house. She still does everything That's on her amazing. own. So She still yeah. cooks for herself and all that stuff? Yeah, she does. She does. Oh. She's a former World War II Marine, and uh, she's a tough lady. What did she do? Did she go overseas? Did she serve overseas? She, she served in Panama, and um, she oh. drove a, a supply truck. Wow. Yeah. Huh. She's a tough lady. Was she a horse person, your mom? No, um, but she loved the horses I had when I was a kid, and she would she would go and feed if I couldn't or if I was sick, you know, because uh, I was boarded my horses and and she'd groom them and that type of thing. But she never rode or anything. Did now she, she goes to the boring horse shows. 
Was she dedicated? She, she did, yeah. and <laughs> she has had a box seat at Canterbury Park, the thoroughbred uh, track in Shakopee, Minnesota, since its opening in the 1980s. Oh, she's a race, race better, huh? She is, and she does very well. She knows all the jockeys, all the trainers. She knows what combination works, and she does well. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And I could just see her sitting there with a cigar in hand. <laughs> the no cigar. She smoked for 80 years. Oh, my and God. She, until she got really sick a couple of years ago with, with uh, an internal bleed, and um, and uh, she quit just nonstop, and so she's been smoke-free now for what, two or three Is years. She one of those that would say, when, when asked, when she gets to 105, when they ask her, what's the secret to your longevity? And she'll say whiskey and cigarettes. Is she one of those that'll say that? Yeah, except she doesn't drink. Okay. But <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> the ponies. She'll say the track, yes, on the yes, ponies. Yes, she will. That and baseball. She loves her Minnesota Twins. My grandfather was one of those uh, same on the same bent. Only it was the dog track because they had a dog track nearby, oh, yeah. like a couple miles. So he used to go to the dog track. He used to re- he knew that race card inside and out, knew every breeder and all the all the things. So that was my maybe that's why we love greyhounds. And still, I was going to say yeah. that's that's it because we were little kids and he'd bring us to the dog track. There, that's uh, that's an upbringing. We'd bring us to the dog track. We just thought it was so much fun to watch the dogs run around. Wow! And now I have, have this is my fourth greyhound. So that's there awesome. And she's and laying in here right by my feet, uh, helping me work. Miss Pickles, aren't they? Um, aren't they closing the dog oh, tracks? I did all over Florida, and so. But I'm happy to report that you can't find a greyhound for adoption. They all got adopted. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Oh yeah, it was like you know, it was, it's like trying to find a camper or a horse trailer right now, <laughs> <laughs> which I can't find. I can't find a horse, and I can't find a tractor. Again, it's very frustrating. you know, it's weird. The things that went popular during all of this. I know. Well, well, let's. I have some news here on the cruise coming up and the road show. You and I have a very special announcement to make about the road show coming up in August, providing we're all vaccinated and things are back to normal. But um, before we do that, I want to get to our guest. Her name is Wild Williams, and she does something called Burrow Cross, which is hiking with burrows. She is one of the very few, or she's the first equestrian to complete all 230 miles of the trail at the McDowell Sonoran Preserve, and I believe that's in Arizona. Um, and she's been a long distance hiker and does it with burrows. So wow. I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, Scooter loves going for hikes. Oh, my I take happy, my horses. Oh, he, she, yeah. he loves going for hikes. He, he would prefer to go for a hike and have an adventure than pull me around. In the I'm car. sure he would. <laughs> so he loves when I just take him, like we'll throw him in the trailer and we'll go bring them both and take them for hand walk them. They yeah. love that. Oh, I, I lead my horses around the farm all the time. We've got 54 acres, and I there if I go for a walk, I've got a horse with me. It's fabulous. They like it, don't they? It's like yes. It's like bonding time where they don't have to work. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. They love it. They love it. And it's great for those older guys too that you know that you just don't do a whole lot with. Well, I like they doing it, it every once in a while because when I take, unlike you, you who ride, when I take the cart out, I get no exercise. Well, this is true. You know, so when we're going out, Jennifer's getting exercise riding the horse, but I'm getting none sitting in the seat. <laughs> so uh, the only exercise I get is adrenaline occasionally when he threatens to bolt. That's the well, only exercise. <laughs> All right, let's talk to Wild here. Well, hi, Wild. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. All right, before we get started on what you do, and it's so cool, I have to ask the question that comes up every single time. What is the difference between a donkey and a burrow, and is there a difference between a donkey and a burrow? 
Well, that's one of my favorite questions to ask people because they usually get stumped. But um, biologically speaking, no, there's no difference. It's the same animal. Uh, we just refer usually to domesticated um, ones as donkeys and the uh, wild burros as uh, burros. And that burro comes from the Spanish word. So it, it links back to kind of their history of how they came into the Western United States. So, so it wouldn't be wrong to look at any one of those particularly looking animals and say they were a burro or a donkey. You wouldn't be Correct. wrong. Okay. It's inter interchangeable. The terms are interchangeable. Okay, good. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> I think we've been talking about that for 10 years and never came up with a good solution. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So why, I mean, you're a hiker. You like to get out there in nature and do your thing. What made you in the first place want to drag a burrow along or have a burrow drag you along, whichever one? Well, um, you know, I, I first, I got into burrows about five years ago and I'm a horse person and wasn't really sure what somebody would do with a burrow. And, um, I just became really interested in the idea of, um, acquiring a burrow and taking it along hiking, mostly to, to relieve me of the, the weight and um, have some equine companionship. So do you so, do overnights? Uh, you do overnights and the whole thing, go out for like a week at a time? No, I haven't. I haven't gotten to that point yet. I am mostly focusing on um, day hiking and section hiking where I can... Um, where I can go in and come out on the same day or go from a base camp. Gotcha. That makes sense. So I know a lot of trails are restricted. So I go to a park or I go someplace and say, this is the people trail and this is the horse trail. So how do you combat that? Well, I, uh, I try to stick with trails that where equines are permitted. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of multi-use trails and, uh, usually, like in the national forests and things like that, uh, there's not really any of those limitations unless they determine that a particular trail would be unsafe for equines. Um, but, you know, just as part of being a good uh, citizen on the trail, um, they even though I'm walking with the borough, I, I still s stick to the trails where equines are welcome. How, how many do you have burrows? Uh, I personally have four. Um, they're all BLM burrows, and uh, that's probably just because I uh, I gentle and start BLM burrows for people to adopt. So um, I've gravitated to uh, formerly wild burrows. I just love them. All right, that brings up a question I wasn't going to ask, but I'm going to ask now. Saying you said that, who should have a burrow and sh who shouldn't have a burrow? Everybody should have a burrow. <laughs> I thought that was going to be They're like potato answer. chips. <laughs> I thought you that know, was going to be you don't have, you don't have to, to hike with a burrow, but uh, as long as you have the, the ability to um, take care of the burrow and, and an interest, they're just a wonderful animal. And um, people use them. They're great for... Um, therapy purposes, uh, hiking, driving. There's just all kinds of 
things that you can do. So I think that whatever your need is, um, a burrow might fit it. <laughs> do, do you have a favorite of the four? The one that you go, okay, I need my old trustworthy today to go for hiking. I don't want to think. Um, you know, I have, I have, I guess I would say I have two favorites. One is, is she's uh, my favorite that I would take on the trail just because she's farther along in her training and it's just easier. Um, but I do have an emotional favorite and, um, you know, she's, she's the type of burrow where if I sit on the ground, she will literally lay in my lap and, and, um, you know, I just love her. She's just such a great friend. Yeah. And her name is Lyric. The, the other one that I, I take on the trail most of the time, her name is Luna Blue. Cool. So what do you use gear wise? So are are you, do you, what do they call that, that, that you put your paneers over the saddle like thing that they put on burrows? Well, it's a pack saddle and you can get uh, the wood ones that have like the cross and those are a sawbuck or um, there's another type that sort of has a, um, a metal frame integrated in with a pad and that's called a decker. Um, and, you know, just uh, I would consider, you know, getting the pack saddle and all geared like that to be a little bit more at the advanced stages. But I really just want to encourage people to get out there and start hiking with their burrow. And you really don't need a pack saddle to get started uh, hiking. There's um, through Chimicum Pack, they even have somebody who is making these almost like um a backpack like a dog would wear that uh, you can put on your on your burrow and it holds your water bottles and your lunch and stuff like that and that's that's kind of a less expensive and easier way to begin but really just to um, get your burrow out and start hiking you really just need you know a webbed halter a lead rope um, I recommend gloves so you don't get a rope burn or anything like that on your hands and some treats. I, you know, I'm really interested to find out you're, you're leading your burrow down the trail and you encounter somebody. I mean, what's their reaction? Cause that's not something you see every day. No. And it, it's really a lot of fun. Um, people think that they're mules. Sometimes they think that they see them as very large dogs um, <laughs> at a distance. Um, a lot of times, you know, and it's a great opportunity for me because I'm trying to promote the BLM burrow to talk about them, but um, they always want their picture taken with the burrows. They, they want to stop and, and they're just delightful animals. So they're, uh, you get a lot of attention and um uh, people are usually really nice, you know, and that that kind of brings up one thing too about, um, you know, as part of your training process, just being aware that you're going to encounter things like little kids and stuff like that that are going to want to to pet the burrow and and um, getting your burrow comfortable with those situations. Oh, I can but only imagine. Very, and generally, you know, generally burrows are just super people oriented and they, they love uh, kids for some reason. They really um, do well. They're very gentle with children. Maybe because they're all short. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. 
But well, maybe, um, so have you ever gotten in a situation where, where your burrow has gotten away from you or where your burrow doesn't want to go farther down the trail or, or there's something, some obstacle that your burrow won't go through? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All of those. You can only prepare for so much of that. Um, you know, that's that's kind of two separate things. But as far as the burrow getting away from you, you know, that's that's kind of one of my um, my fears, actually. And it's really it's just really important, I think, to make sure before you you venture out too far that you have a really good bond and relationship with that animal and they do really bond to, to people and it's all based on trust. Um, I had a situation once where I, um, I had set down the, the lead and I wanted to take a picture of my burrow with the mountain like behind her and she took a couple steps and the lead rope moved and it scared her and she ran off the trail um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I made the mistake that I hadn't practiced with a drag rope with her before that. Um, so that was a lesson learned, but, you know, she was bonded to me, so she didn't go very far and I was able to retrieve her. Um, on the other hand, I had a friend who, uh, took a burrow out and the burrow got spooked by some dogs and ran off and spent six months living in the preserve. Um, before we were able to trap it and and for her to to get the burrow back, so Holy it does cow. happen. Um, but yeah, you just you know they really do form relationships to the point where they will just follow behind you like a dog. You don't even need to have their uh, their lead on, but you you do want to practice and work at that relationship so you don't have one of those situations where um, they run off in fear like that. Um, yeah. And then what was the other part of your question? Oh, if there's any kind of oh, an obstacle. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, for burrows, there's, there's a couple things that present obstacles for them that you want to practice. And uh, it has a large part to do with their, where they put their feet. Um, and, of course, then, again, the, the more that they trust you, the easier it becomes but they don't like walking in mud or water. So you have to work. If you plan on crossing any streams or anything like that, you have to work on that. Um, going from, um, say, dirt to pavement, crossing lines on the, the ground, if, it, if it's a shadow or a painted line in a parking lot. Um, and, of course, little things like uh, footbridges. You know, I, I went on a – I was up in Colorado uh, – last summer and went on a hike and we encountered a little wooden footbridge and well, there was a training opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so is all of that true of donkeys too? Don you know, donkeys that have grown up domesticated? Uh, yeah. Yep. You, they, um, I don't, you know, they can, they can see pretty well around them except for kind of right in directly in front of their nose and directly behind them. So they just, and they're very, they're much more, um, um, what is the word? They, they take care of themselves and they're much more, they study things a lot more than horses do. You can't really drive them into a situation. They need to study it and make sure that they're not going to be putting themselves in jeopardy. Um, so it is pretty much normal to the way that they that a donkey thinks. 
Um, and then, of course, the more experience they have with you as a handler and the more trust that they have uh, built with you, uh, the easier it'll be to get them to cross those obstacles. The other thing that is strange for them is kind of areas that squeeze them, like going through a gate or um, between trees. They can feel uh, they feel a little bit nervous about that squeeze on either side. So it's just a matter of practice. So wow. do do, do uh, we have in, interviewed many times actually in the past the is some of the guys and and women who do the donkey race is it in Colorado? And I'm yeah, thinking well, really race them with them. It the um it's very it's Colorado is the best known for it. Um they they did Excuse me. They did it back in the '50s in uh, Nevada and also in California, but nowadays they have oh, about a dozen races during the summer in Colorado, and then um, Arizona actually has uh, had has three three races now in Arizona. Have you ever done it? Have you ever wanted to do it? Um, I put on the first race in Arizona oh, really? in uh, October of. 2019 it was the superior borough run oh wow cool that's very cool so i haven't i haven't run in a pack borough race but i put on the race and um my thing is more hiking <laughs> yeah i'm with you <laughs> yeah <laughs> now will will your borough pull you up the hill when you really are done um she will, but it, you know, that's something you have to train them to. And I wrestle with that because as much as I would like her to pull me up a hill, I don't want her to be uh, confused about that and pull me down a hill oh, or that's something true. like oh, that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I try to, I usually, I try to get her to pull me up a hill um, and she'll go a little ways and then she just, sort of stops in front of me and starts She looks starts at you eating. and goes, what the hell are you doing back there? <laughs> you have two legs. So, Use them. But, you know, the, the, pack, the pack burrow racers are pretty good at driving their burrows forward. They hold um, on to the tail and, from the pictures I've seen, a lot of them. I mean. Yep. Yeah. Uh, or you can wrap the lead rope behind your hips. Um but that's kind of, I really think that for the burrow, you know, that's kind of a whole different scenario. And I, I feel like, you you know, you kind of have to choose what, what you want to mm. do with them. They, uh, once a burrow gets really experienced, I'm sure they can, can do both. But, you know, it's, it's all just um, being can, really clear in your communication with the animal. You want them quieter, they want them hepped up. I mean, I can see the difference. Exactly, yeah. 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 I, I can definitely see the difference there and how you would maybe have two different animals. I, I get right. it. Well, how can people learn more? Where do they go? Well, um, I'm working on some websites, but right primarily right now my, my main uh, presence is on Facebook. Okay. Uh, my, my hiking page that I just started is called Outbound Burrow. And then I have another uh, page called Burrow Cross, which is what I'm calling uh, that's hiking with burrows. And um, and then as far as my my tip training through of 
uh, BLM borrows through the Mustang Heritage Foundation. That is wild, spelled W-Y-L-D-E, Burrows for People. All right, I got it. And we'll put all those links uh, in our show notes as well. Wild, thank you so much for joining us. This is fun. Appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for having me. All right, take care, Wild. Bye-bye. See you down the trail. Bye-bye. There you go. Does it make you want to get a burrow? It does. It does. <laughs> I've never but had thinking, much experience with burrows. You know, I I did when I was training full time. I had a couple of uh, burrows in. Uh, there was uh, this was in Washington State, and um, they are very different from horses, and um, a lot of fun. All right. Well, we're going to get to the rest of the show right after we hear from our title sponsor at Kentucky Performance Products. Each week, you carefully plan out your horse's training schedule. You work with your trainer to fine-tune his flat work. You school through grids to perfect his jump and set up multiple courses to educate your eye. You enjoy long hacks to keep his mind fresh and body strong. Show day arrives. You take a deep breath as you enter the ring. We've got this, you whisper so only he can hear you. You move as one, sailing over each element in perfect harmony. The feeling you get when it all clicks. It's why we do what we do. This feeling is brought to you by Joint Armor. Joint Armor's complete formula provides your horse with the nutrients necessary to support healthy joints throughout his lifetime. Joint Armor maintains fluid motion and flexibility in hardworking joints. It supports normal cartilage development and reduces joint deterioration. Joint Armor provides high levels of both glucosamine and chondroitin, plus 100 milligrams of hyaluronic acid. Best of all, Joint Armor is affordable. One small jar lasts up to 75 days. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Very good. Thank you to KPP for uh, continuing their support here at Horses in the Morning. And we uh, they're part of our announcement. Let's talk a little bit about the cruise, and then we'll, we'll tell you what's going on with the road trip in August, the road show. So, cruise, we now have over 35 tickets sold for the cruise, which I'm really surprised at, to be honest. That's early, and I think yeah. that's great. Yeah, with everything going on, I'm, you know, people are taking it. People want to get out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It gives us yeah. something to look forward to, even if, you know, it's not perfect. Uh, you know, I don't know what the rules are going to be. The cruising hasn't even restarted yet, although we think it's going to pretty soon. Um, they yeah. may require vaccines. I don't know what's going to happen. We don't know any of that, but uh, we're, we're willing to take a chance. And the nice part about it is, you know, up to uh, we can get our money back. So if we decide not to go, you can just bail. Sure. So anyway, I, I looked up our boat. We're going. To, by the way, if you want to learn more about the Horse Lovers Cruise, it's horseradionetwork.com/slash/cruise. You can find all the details. We're going on Harmony of the Seas. This is in February. It's a seven-night cruise, a little longer than we usually do. And we have some of the past cruisers, and we have some new people. So it's both. There, this isn't an educational cruise. Um, the only education is going to be what drinks everybody likes. <laughs> um, that'll be your education. But you know, some of the you know some people put on educational cruises. You have to go to some. Who the hell wants to sit in a seminar uh, during a cruise? Exactly. So I, you know, I have done. I did one, I think, educational cruise, and I didn't go to anything. So it really was. <laughs> wasn't all that educational. So when we designed these years ago, this is our third or fourth one, when we designed them, we said, we just want to have a good time with horse people. 
you know, and yeah. that's what it is. You end up talking about horses anyway. Uh, we all eat dinner together every night uh, for the most part, and sometimes we do a travel to, you know, do stuff in the ports together during the day. It just gives you friends to hang out with on the boat, new or old. Uh, you know, everybody knows each other instantly because we're horse people. That's just the way we are. Sure. So it just works out. It's just a lot of fun to walk around a cruise ship and see people you know all over the place. So and then at nights we go you know go karaoke together and you know just that kind of stuff. So um, I did want to mention this boat though, Harmony of the Seas. Uh, it is a big ship. This is the second largest uh, cruise ship in the world. Normally we've done smaller ones. Really? Yes. Harmony wow. is the second largest. It is big. Um, uh, so they have over a thousand people that work in food service alone on the ship. <laughs> so that's just absolutely amazing. There's two hundred I mean, yeah. bartenders uh, for the thirty-two <laughs> different bars that are on the ship. Uh, there's twenty-eight kitchens, twenty-eight separate kitchens that happen in this. And I have some of the numbers here. In an average week on a cruise on this ship, they'll have fifteen thousand pounds of beef. That's so. If you think about that, that's seven tons of beef. So um, how many people? How many people are on this ship? Six thousand plus. Uh, okay. Plus wow. the plus the crew. Yeah. Um, which I think is twenty five hundred. So uh, chicken, they'll have sixteen thousand pounds of chicken. So that's eight tons of chicken. Uh, <laughs> they, lobsters, eighteen hundred pounds of lobster. They always have a lobster night, and it's the most popular night on the boat because people. I can imagine. Yeah. I don't like lobster, so somebody can. You have don't? Eggs. No, okay. we don't need any seafood. So yeah, uh, eggs. It's eighty-six thousand dozen eggs. <laughs> So it's just crazy. Wow. Uh, the fresh fruits in a week cruise on this boat is 45,000 pounds of fresh fruit. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, look, I'm looking at this list, Glenn, uh, and I find it's really interesting. So individual yogurts, there's 4,200. Slices of pizza, 18,000. So there's four yep. times as much pizza as there is yogurt. And 11,000 <laughs> bottles of beer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 9,000 cans of beer. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's crazy the the amount of food and beverage that is consumed on one of these cruises. But yeah, and I did post in we have a horse lovers cruise Facebook page too. If you want to join that and just learn a little more in there, where everybody that's going, this is where we communicate, and you'll see it. Horse lovers cruise, just look that up, and there's a Facebook group there. I'll let you in. Uh, but we posted a video there of how how the food operations work on on this ship or oh, on their cool. sister ship that's the same size, and it is incredible how much Glenn. they get done. I just noticed they have yeah. 8,000 gallons of ice cream. <laughs> yes. There's lots of ice cream, and we make sure to have it every day. So that's the cruise. Uh, we still can take, we can for months yet, we can take uh, your reservations. Uh, everybody's getting very excited about it, so we hope that it will go. We hope that it will actually happen. Yeah. Now, something else we hope that's going to happen is in August of this year, uh, we decided, Jennifer and I decided that we're going to do a road show, which we've always wanted to do this. And then when I got sick last year and when we actually ended up buying a camper, COVID camper, uh, we said, you know, this is the year to do it. I'm going to stop putting things off and we're going to start doing stuff. We've always wanted to go out and meet the listeners and actually visit them at their farms and meet their horses and do fun stuff with them. So we're going to do that this year. We're going to stay east of the Mississippi River. We're planning the trip now, which is turning out to be harder than I thought. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's five weeks. So we're beginning the end of July and going to end in September. And what we're going to do is basically we're going to 
one of your places is going to be one of the first places we stop. We're going to be going to Alabama and then Tennessee, and we're going to stop at Colby's Army, and that's, that's Lisa's Yay. nonprofit. And we're going to do a fundraiser there, and this is going to be – we actually have the times and everything on this. This is going to be August the 4th. It's a Wednesday. We're going to get into your place a day ahead, I think. Yep. And then August the 4th is a Wednesday, and we're going to do a concert with Templeton Thompson because she lives right down the road. Yes. Uh, so yep. tell us where we're going to be and what we're going to do and how that's going to work. Well, um, so – so Colby's Army is in Ashland City, Tennessee, and that's, what, 20 miles northwest of Nashville. And uh, everybody's going to show up it's at the farm. not too far from the Kentucky line, I was surprised. Less than an hour, depending yeah. how on how you, you go. How far are you from Lexington? Three hours. Three hours, yeah. Okay. Uh, but there's a time change. Two, two and a half if you drive fast. Yeah, that's all highway <laughs> from what I saw. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, so, so not all that far. And, um, you know, we're we're... 20 miles from Clarksville and two hours from Paducah, hour and a half from Paducah. So, um, so, so everybody's going to show up, I don't know, four thirty, five o'clock at Colby's army. And we're going to have prizes for those who show up. Uh, we're going to have a, a free raffle for some really cool stuff and you'll get a tour of, you know, the Creek and the jail and the saloon, which is all in our barn. It's very uh, unique barn and get to meet our horses and, um, Maybe we'll get to see Jen play tic tac toe on horseback and oh cool um, yeah it's it's I got all you, kinds say of, not, you didn't say Glenn play tic tac toe on horseback well so I'm no, glad no. of that by the way we thought we might we thought we might dump you in the creek maybe Glenn <laughs> <laughs> I have ridden horse before yes I, have ridden. I know you have I've seen a picture yeah I just of you riding don't a horse. like it all that much I, well you know bring you a carriage it. over I'll be good. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so we'll we'll uh, we'll stay at Colby's Army an hour, a little more maybe, and then we'll go to the livery stable in Pleasant View, which is just five miles up the road. And it's actually an old livery stable that's been converted to an event facility. And uh, we're gonna have a concert. We're gonna have Templeton there. We're gonna have some surprise songwriter guests uh, there as oh. well. I think. Well, you're not too far from Nashville, and you know everybody, so. Yeah, 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 we've got some cool things kind of in the works there, and uh, the livery stable will have food and beverages that people can purchase, and it's all, you know, other than, than purchasing the food, the event is free, so, um, you know, but then it'll be a fundraiser for, for Colby's Army and, and some of the songwriters, and um, we're just, and, and then Glenn, you're going to be broadcasting yeah. this. You know, that's um, what we're going to do. We're going to uh, try and we're trying to get this accomplished. We'll try and broadcast it out so everybody at home also can participate. I know you guys liked the concerts when we did them last year, uh, so we'll broadcast it out, and then maybe you can also help support uh, Colby's Army that way and uh, watch it at home. So we're yeah. very excited. We want to be doing things like kind of things like this all along the way, but being that we were going to be so close to Templeton and you, it was a perfect opportunity to do this. So we're very excited. Oh. About it, Sam will be there. We're very excited. Who's also a singer songwriter, Um, and I'm just excited to see everybody in person, and it should be a lot of fun. And we hope that some of you that live local can come and join us as well. Yeah, absolutely. There'll be more details, obviously, on that. We'll have it all published. Um, I'm building a website for the trip. Uh, From there, we're actually going to be going to Alabama, and we're going to be visiting some lists, a couple of different listener farms in Alabama before we get Mm -hmm. to you. Uh, And then I think we're going to be meeting some minis. I think the trip's actually going to start with minis, which is perfect. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, And then uh, we're going to head from you up to Lexington for a few days, so we'll get to see all our Lexington friends. Uh, Yeah. Visit Karen at Kentucky Performance Products, which... 
they're sponsoring they're the title sponsor of this trip and then from there we do know we're heading to michigan for a trail ride we're going to a uh, trail riding campground so, so does this mean you're getting on a horse no uh, i'll be videoing <laughs> i'll be doing the video we are going to be putting out videos of this whole trip too so it's not only going to be audio it's going to be video we'll put out once a week videos um so we're combining video and audio for this trip plus we're doing facebook live so there'll be a lot of social media on this trip more than we usually do um and, you know, having the camper allows us to stay at people's farms and we'll be parking yeah. in their driveways, and, and it's just going to be a good time. It's going to be so much fun. And, then, you know, we know we're going to Michigan and Ohio, then Pennsylvania, um, and we'll publish more about where we're going to be in all those places. I know that archery was in there and mounted shooting and uh, trail rides, and we'll be doing meetups along the way for restaurants and stuff like that. So we're going to try and make sure there's a meetup almost at every stop, even if it's just coming over to the farm we're at and visiting. Uh, we're going to try and make sure we get some of that done. And this is all providing that, you know, it's safe to do all this, obviously. Yes. Uh, we're going to yes. make the final decision. We're going to plan the whole trip and then make the final decision July 1st about whether it's a go or not, which the way it's going now, you know, unless one of these variants turns out to be especially nasty, it should be. It, we should be good by then. Right. Right. So, you would think. But Glenn, our, this is so exciting. I know. This it really I, is exciting. It is. And we're, you know, I'm getting excited about it already. We're thinking about, this first time announcing this, we are thinking about doing a test week because before we take all the sponsors' money, we've sold out of sponsorships for this. Before we take their money, we thought, you know, maybe we ought to do a test week <laughs> and make sure this is doable before we, yeah. uh, so we, we might be doing that in June where we're going to go out for a week, stay at people's farms and just do a video, do everything we would normally do on the five-week trip. Right, uh, And then, you know, if all goes well, then uh, next year, what we're hoping to do is go west of the Mississippi, and then that'll be a longer trip. So, yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Now, who, takes, who takes care of Scooter while you're gone? We're going to, you know, we, our landlords are great. I mean, they live here. So it's, you know, it's it's just a matter when they go away, we take care of them and they they take care oh, that's of ours. Good. It just works out perfectly. Because Scooter doesn't fit in the camper, right? Yeah. And we're deciding, no, although we'd like to. <laughs> Um, we're deciding whether we're going to bring the dog along or not. You know, that it, it does hinder a bit when you bring a dog on a trip like this, where yeah. we're going to be doing a lot of things. So, uh, we, we, the dog might stay behind too. We're don't tell her that she's sleeping right now. Oh, here. can't, so, can't tell her that. God, she'd have a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, so she's very attached. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the announcements. Uh, I do have, uh, to get to, uh, my fact of the day, but before we do that, we have to hear from another one of our sponsors. And then we got some really bad ads coming up too. Well, Total Saddle Fit has the cinch that you've been looking for for your Western dressage saddle. The shoulder relief cinch actually changes the position and angle of the billets to prevent the saddle tree from interfering with the shoulder. The center of the cinch is set forward to sit in the horse's natural girth groove, while the sides of the cinch are cut back to meet the billets two inches behind where the horse's natural girth groove lies. This brings the latigos from angling forward to becoming perpendicular to the ground, which reduces the saddle's tendency to be pulled forward into the shoulders. With horses that have shoulder interference without angled billets, it simply moves the billets back to keep the saddle further away from the shoulders. The secondary benefit to this shape is the cutback at the elbows. This gives more room for elbow movement as well and prevents galls in the elbow area. You can find the shoulder relief cinch at totalsaddlefit.com. That's totalsaddlefit.com. <laughs> 
And now it's time for today's equestrian, who knew, fact of the day. That's right, it is time for the fact of the day. I got to wondering, where did measuring horses by hands start? You know, I know what it means and and how it probably started, but I actually learned uh, a thing or two. Uh, first of all, it is four inches, so um, and that's roughly the the width of a man's hand, with or without the thumb. Uh, and and it can be traced back to ancient Egyptians. They have the earliest recorded standardized system of measurement with a system based on the royal cubit. Do you know what a cubit is, by the way? I actually do. It's the length of a man's arm from the elbow to the tip of the middle finger. That's correct. But I think that can vary, you know, that's kind of Yeah, mine's going to be different than yours, right? So yeah, I would think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they had that problem. I'll get to that. Uh, the palm or the hand shows up in texts for measuring from ancient Israel, Greece, Rome, and continued throughout Europe during the Middle Ages, but varied from city to city, and this became a problem. And apparently, <laughs> this one article said the British hands were smaller. So their hands measured three inches. Men's Interesting. Hands. Yeah. So Henry VIII comes to the rescue, and this is, <laughs> I didn't know this at all, he standardized the hand to four inches in 1541. So he's the one that said a hand is four inches. Otherwise, I, you know, it was just varied. And you know. I knew that, but there's, a, there's another key to this. So I don't know if you knew this, Glenn, but in... Um, up until 1930, the actual inch was not standardized. So four inches in Europe would be four inches would be different than here in the United States. Huh, I didn't know that. No. So in 1930, the British Standards Institution adopted one inch of exactly 25.4 millimeters. And the American Standards Association followed suit in 1933. And then by 1935, almost every country had adopted the what's called the industrial inch so my inch was different than your inch exactly i didn't know that yeah who who knew that henry VIII had anything any time to do anything except uh fool around with as many wives yeah he had half of them (laughs) that's the thing that surprised me most about this story as well (laughs) exactly and that it goes back that far really it does yeah it goes, yeah. And apparently, you know, it was it was easier if you're in the middle of the field just to count hands, right? Yeah. Uh, that was the idea, hand over hand, and you could count you could count the height right. of yours. But I I still think you know you have have a man who might be I don't know you know five foot four. That hand is going to be different from somebody who's yes. six foot four. Yes, and this goes back. They said in Roman and Egyptian times, the man's hands were larger. Uh, and then for some for some reason during the Middle Ages, man's hands became smaller. And if you've ever been to the to the museums in England, where you see the suits of armor, the thing that shocked me, being at Tower of London and the, the museums, is how small yeah. they were. Oh you know, yeah, these knights yeah. were not very big. <laughs> so. No, and you know, even even uh, living here in Tennessee, you know, I've gone to a lot of the Civil War uh, museums and things. These Southern Bells, they were like tiny, 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 and and the the uniforms of the Confederate soldiers, tiny. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. There's uh, there's your fact of the day. I've actually been learning stuff doing these. All right, let's get to some really bad ads, and we're going to learn how not to do things. Pay attention. <laughs> pay attention. If you ain't met one by now, you're bound to sooner or later. He says one thing and he means another, but. He can't help it. He's a horse trader. Horse trading. Well, it's a laissez faire. Let the buyer beware. Horse trading. They tell a low down lie with a sincere stare. 
horse trading. Well, if they're talking in circles and the deal ain't square, he's a master in the fine art of persuading. Horse trading. That's right. It is time for Really Bad Ads, that time of the week when listeners submit ads and we just have a little bit of fun with them that they have found either on Facebook or Craigslist or or wherever. And we give away prizes every month for this. I think we figured it out. We've given away over $50,000 in prizes over the years. And we we have about $400 of prizes today. These are provided by Horselovers.com is the one that provides us with the prizes every month. Thank you to Horselovers. Head on over to Horselovers.com for all of your horsey equestrian needs. They have over a 160,000 different products, one of the largest online stores out there, horselovers.com. And Lisa's going to tell us about the first prize that is this month. And what happens is we take everybody's submits, they all get put in a hat, and at the end of the month we draw numbers and names and we pick winners. So that'll happen in another week or two here. We'll be picking the winners for these prizes. What's the first one? Well, this prize I love. I absolutely love. I don't have one, but I would love to have one. It's the Amigo Amico Turnout, and it's worth $250. And it's the latest innovation in Amigo Turnout range. It's the Amico Turnout, which is the uh, first Horseware Ireland Turnout that's constructed from recycled plastic bottles. (laughs) Woohoo! I love this. 218 plastic bottles are recycled to create one turnout, Uh, 1,200-D polyester outer, and it's sustainable, waterproof, and breathable. It's eco-friendly. It's got an eco-friendly fill for superior breathability. It keeps your horse comfortable. It's sustainable shine, enhances the lining, and it prevents rubbing, and it promotes a healthy coat, and it's got a detachable hood. I love this. Does it say Perrier all over it? Is that <laughs> so- no. <laughs> no, no? But, but really, I mean, recycled plastic bottles for your blanket. I mean, it's I just. I don't know how they do it. I, I would, uh, you know, I haven't touched one either. I would love to touch one and see if it feels any different at all. I have, I have touched something similar. It looks just like the same. Yeah. You know, no I, difference. It's, it's great. No, it's great. But I mean, I'm all about the eco stuff, and I just love this product. Well, that's a $250 value. Then from uh, we're also giving away a $70 Wick Smart Cooler. That's a Wick Smart Premium Cooler. You can dry your horse in half the time. It has a neck cover and a belly and chest protector panel, uh, and that actually absorbs all the sweat from the parts that sweat the most, eliminating the need for toweling off the underside of your horse. It can fasten tightly to the horse's neck, belly, and chest, and it is made of 300 grams of fleece, whereas many other commercial coolers are made of one to 200 grams of fleece, so it's a little thicker and absorbs more, and that's worth $70. Mm-hmm. And then there's another prize I see here, Glenn. It's a $100 gift certificate toward a pair of Lane boots. And Lane boots started in 2007. They're known for their quality and style. And there's hundreds of styles of Western boots from a company that is dedicated to quality, style, and comfort. And you can use this gift certificate for any of the Lane boots that are offered at horselovers.com. I went over there and looked. There must be 25 pages of Lane boots. I know. I know. I'm like, holy cow, I want some of these. Yeah, there's this and this and this. <laughs> There's a lot of options. You won't you won't have trouble picking one out, or you will have trouble picking one out. It'll be you too will, too many yes. options. All yes. right. So uh, we have a bunch of people that we can't get to this week. So a lot of people submit ads, and we don't get to all of them. But Patty and Caitlin and Amy and Sarah, Jessica, Matt, Sarah, and Cynthia, all you guys are all in the drawing. Even if we don't use your ad, you're put in there. But Vicky sent this one 
in, and she added some commentary. She says, are they selling a horse or they're selling teenager? And this is what the ad reads. I have a 17-year-old looking for a new home. If you can seat in a saddle, you can ride him. Has no bad habits at all. Two-year can ride him. UT. UTDS, great around dog and kids, has more slow than go. And that was all one <laughs> sentence with no punctuation. So there you go. You get 17-year-olds looking for a new home. There you go. Could be either. Could be a teenager or a... It could be. Anything, could really. Be. <laughs> yeah. I, I know some people who would like to get rid of their 17-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> who have a lot of bad habits. Temporarily. Temporarily. <laughs> That's why this has to be a horse, because it says 17-year-old with no bad habits. There you so go. So it can't be a, it can't be a, a <laughs> can't child. Be a kid. No. no. <laughs> Andrew sent this one in. By the way, you get double the credits if you read your own and send it in, so or double the entry. So let's play Andrew's. Hi guys, this is Andrew Vernatter calling Hi, Andrew. from West Virginia with a really bad ad. This ad is from a Facebook page called West Virginia Farm Livestock and Equipment. The ad reads, This jerkwad needs a new place to call his own. I'm not going to lie, he's meaner than a cat getting baptized. If he's not gone by Friday, he's going in the crock. But I give him one last chance before he becomes dumplings. Located in Sandyville, West Virginia. Just turned a year old. That being said, I'm also looking for a new flock protector. One who's much more docile and won't chase the kids. And it is a picture of a nondescript um, black rooster. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> I knew it had to be a rooster. <laughs> oh, I just figured out what is it. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people getting rid of the roosters. We've had a lot of these ads over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're cute when they're little. Yeah, but... we had some mean roosters when we had chickens. There <laughs> some mean ones. <laughs> All right, uh, you're up wow. next. Uh, yeah, Alicia Sky sent this one in. It says ponies and horses wanted. $1,234. Maybe that's just kind of a generic thing because (laughs) it it says, looking for pasture pet ponies and mares. Docents need to be broke. Kids want projects for summer. I I wonder how old the kids are, and this is a disaster in the making. You know this is a disaster. Uh, Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, Yes, unbroke ponies and kids. No, Jamie says we're not allowed to analyze the ads, or we we can't be as heartless as we need to be. So, (laughs) Rebecca sent this one in. Oh, my God. This is a trailer of the week, and it is (laughs) – I've never seen anything (laughs) like it. Uh, It says, I am selling a one-horse trailer for 600 firm. It does need work. It will haul from here to get home. Has a clean, clear title. It can be used for goats or pigs also. Oh, so this trailer, it's its like, it looks like a one horse that's been skinnied up because it doesn't even look like you can get one horse in there. It is a rust bucket. I, I don't think you could get it home. I don't, it doesn't even look like the hitch is going to stay on. I'm not sure. It looks like the top, whole top is cloth. Oh, yeah. Look at that. It's cloth. It looks like it's been it beat cloth. with an ugly stick. It, that's the first it thing. It is. It's and a tarp. This, yeah, it's cloth. And, and the windows are all broke out. <laughs> I mean, oh, my goodness. Is, yeah, what scares me, though, is the whole the whole hitch attachment is, like, 
rust it out. Oh, you're right. I, I think you would like hook it up and then you'd pull it and it would separate from the trailer. And you know, it ain't going to crank. You know, that hitch is not going to crank no. out. There's no, no crank in that baby. Oh yeah. my goodness. $800, way overpriced for this this one. Well, that's way only 600 Glenn. It's a bargain. Oh, still way overpriced. <laughs> our price is $300 on these. That's our maximum. Yeah. Uh, so I'll post this in the auditor room so you can see the trailer of the week. Yeah, you got it. Gotta take a look we, at you, this. One. Do you know why we stopped posting them in the Horses in the Morning Facebook page? No. Because every week somebody would say, Where's this for sale? Do you have the phone number? Every Seriously. Week. I was like, Seriously. No, we're not selling them. We're making fun of them. And I got tired of saying that, <laughs> so we stopped posting them on there. Wow. <laughs> so if you want to see just... the pictures of the trailer of the week, you have to become an auditor. Like, yes. Yeah. Wow. There's just no accounting for some people. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one was sent in by Faye Bierbauer. Anyone interested in a trail pony? He has one speed walk. I was told when I bought him, he would pull a cart, but I don't have one. He will fall right in line behind other horse and go where they go. He has been to a couple of barrel races, but 120. Seconds isn't in the money. He is supposed to be 15. The only flaw he has is he doesn't like being kicked in the flank. (laughs) (laughs) Well, who does? (laughs) He he lives in Elberton, Georgia, and likes to eat 1,000 carrots. <laughs> <laughs> Who likes to get kicked in the flank? And why are you in, Why are you always kicking him in the flank? Why are you feeding him 1,000 carrots? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a pony. I mean, he's a tiny pony. What, about 12 He's, a tiny, he's really cute. Yeah. He's a little, little, like, Palomino Grillo-type pony. He's really cute. I have so many questions, though. Has been to a couple of barrel races. Who barrel races a pony this size? <laughs> <laughs> and it know. says he's been to a couple of barrel races, but 120. What does that mean? I think it's 120 seconds, but that's on two separate sentences. Oh, I thought his name was seconds. I thought, well, that's mean. <laughs> but 120, period. Seconds isn't in the money. <laughs> oh, got it. 120 seconds. Well, that is a slow barrel race. That, that that's takes a slow well. barrel race. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would be in the pattern very leisurely. <laughs> <laughs> the kid looks happy up there. The poor kid's going to be devastated when they sell this pony. Yes, but you know what? There's no helmet on this kid. That bothers me. Oh, there's no helmet on any of these kids. This has to. It looks like this Tennessee. By the way, it, it looks. It, it doesn't be say. <laughs> it could be Tennessee. <laughs> <Over> Tennessee. <laughs> Lorene sent this one in, uh, and she usually reads hers, but it's very short, so she didn't need to. Uh, it's a miniature horse and pony in Devers. I don't know where Devers is, uh, and the whole ad says he's brown. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> And I got to tell you, he's brown. That is true. And it is a mini. Glenn, Glenn, he's bay. Well, he's, oh, I guess he is. Yeah. Well, he's brownish bay. He's brownish bay. (laughs) His legs and mane and tail are black. Yeah. (laughs) And he's standing there in barbed wire because I think that's all that would keep this mini in. And that's all they know about him is that he's brown because he probably is untouchable. (laughs) Probably. Probably. He's got that look in his eye, doesn't he? Yes, he does. He has that look in his eye like, you're not touching me. (laughs) This barbed wire between me and you is a good idea. But see, now we've talked about minis a couple times today. I want to get one. I know. They're so cute. I know. And so troublesome. Troublesome. Yes. So Nikki Rettino sent in the next one. And um, she said, should this one be filed under too much of a good thing? 2017 AQHA Appendix Cult Secretariat, Claysville. Anyone say Secretariat? This is all in caps and in bold. Secretariat, 
is on his papers. He has secretariat a total of three times in his pedigree. He is pastured with another cold and pastures well. <laughs> another cold? <laughs> another cold. <laughs> this person obviously doesn't know secretariat is the, you know, is on a lot of people's papers. <laughs> a lot of people's papers, yes. yes. <laughs> a lot of papers out there. Yes. Maybe yes. not so many quarter horses, but uh, a lot of thoroughbreds. Uh, a lot of thoroughbreds, yeah. yes. It's still a cool thing, but it is cool. you know, it is cool to see it on the on the paperwork. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think it raises the price a whole lot. No, and I wonder how you pasture with a cold. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of <laughs> tissues. All right, Linda sent this one in. Hi, this is Linda from Brooksville, Florida, with an right Craigslist ad from Huntsville, Alabama. Quarter horse for sale. He's tall due to health. Can't ride anymore. He's laid back. Just don't have the health to do anything with him. He's 10 years old. Very gentle. Not saying he's kid broke, but he's very honest. No papers on him, but he was used to check on my cows, and I've rope off of him. Not a lot. Period. He got new shoes. $1,600. He got new shoes. <laughs> Three months ago, but he got him. <laughs> he got him, yeah. Harry <laughs> <laughs> oh, sent this one in, and it took me a minute. <laughs> I'm still not sure what this ad is for. Oh, I love this. Yes. Chicken Coop, $600. This is in Vermont. For sale is my one-of-a-kind chicken tank. It's an 05 Ford Escape that has been gutted and insulated and had Chicken Guard automatic chicken door installed. The chicken door is one-eighth of an inch thick sheet metal. The windows are covered with chicken wire so you can leave them open all summer long and not fear for the safety of your chickens. Comes with a brand new interstate battery because guess what? The car still runs and drives. <laughs> Our chickens love it and it works stupendously, but we are selling things in preparation for a move out of state. Do the chickens drive it, by the way? That's my question. That was what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah. You couldn't build something even this close to predator-proof for $600. Not only that, but it is a hell of a conversation starter. <laughs> I mean, it's a Ford with this huge piece of plywood sticking out the roof. <laughs> yes, like, yes. The chicken guard itself is half of what I am asking. With it, you can kiss having to get up and let them out or go out to make sure they went in goodbye. <laughs> it makes them nearly maintenance-free. As far as cleaning out the coop, it's a breeze. Just open the doors. We found our chickens laid right near the gas and brake pedals. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's got this tarped run kind of stuck out the back of it. It looks like it, the weird part is you would expect this on the back of an old farm in Tennessee, but it's right in back of their house in a neighborhood. Yes, yes. The, the neighbors must be thrilled about this. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that maybe that's why they're moving. It still has a license plate on. Did you notice that? Well, it runs. <laughs> they built this ramp to go up to the passenger side door so the chickens get in, in the car. And then they built this, I don't know, this roof thing that comes out of the roof of the car. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't odd. know what that is. It looks like it might be lane boxes, but it's hard to tell. I don't know. No HOA I, in that neighborhood, or they would have problems. Oh, with this holy baby. cow! No, no. <laughs> the but, neighbors had to look at this every day. Oh, oh I know, I know. It's it's like 
But it runs, Glenn. Oh, and I bet you if the chickens, uh, you know, do their chicken, uh, they they squawk in there. Can you imagine how loud it would be? In, oh, it would echo. Out of, the, yeah, <laughs> out of the Ford Escape. <laughs> echo. Can you imagine how it would get so, I mean, he said you, you clean the doors, you just clean it and you open the doors, but can't you just think it would get kind of nasty? Yes. <laughs> there. No. All right, let's uh, let's call it a day. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Lisa, for filling in. Jamie will be back on Monday, we hope. She's back from vacation on Monday. She's supposed to be. But thank you for filling in. Give everybody an idea where they can find you. Oh, just com. It's W-Y-S-O-C-K-Y. And for those in Minnesota, I'm doing a book signing at Cedar Point Farms in Delano on March 27th. Anything new on the book front? Well, I am flying to L.A. next month, fingers crossed, and COVID all cooperates and the shots and all of that, but uh, to meet with the producers. So, um, I'm, I'm excited. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll Can't see. Can't wait to hear. We'll see. So, Cat Enright might become famous. Cat Enright might become famous. This has yeah. had to have gotten easier to find a place for shows and stuff with all the networks that are out there. Now. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, hope, you know, fingers crossed. I think this is for a streaming type thing, like a Netflix type thing, but like uh, a series. But we'll see. Yeah. yeah. In the meantime, Cat and I are writing a horse training book, which has been very interesting to try to figure out how to work with her on this. So, um, because she's yeah. fictional, people. <laughs> she's, she's a fictional character, yes, yes. But she has very real ideas, and her ideas of horse training don't necessarily Do, mesh with mine. Does so. it have anything to do with murder? No. Oh, no murders no. in this one. No, okay. but but she is having in the middle of another adventure, and as soon as she's done, she'll tell me all about it, and we'll have a sixth book. Oh, cool. Very good. And if, if, What's the fifth book called again? The Rain Equation, R-E-I-N. And the that's Rain one where you equation. find us in the book, uh, Actually, in many places in the book, and you find Jamie in many places in the book. So Jamie's a suspect as in the murderer, and it has a very surprise ending. It does, and I'm not going to give it away. Thank you. But yes, you can find the book uh, in any bookstore, The Rain Equation, plus uh, you have them on your website, right? You can get signed ones. Oh, absolutely, yes. Okay. Yep. Very good. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Have a terrific, be safe this weekend. God, be safe this weekend. Yes. We've got enough accidents. Yes. Others, hold on. We'll hang around for a couple.